2: what do you say fart sniffing brigade look kevin goatee here gutting the sacred cow usually i've got something really peppy to start every show off with but i am tired and it is well over 190 episodes and i am just poop out of creativity today so quick intro hey do the obvious just leave us that five star rating two or three sentence review please email us guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com if you want to advertise and look today's guest ironically we taped this on D-Day Dennis DeClaudio, first time on the show has Natalia Reagan as the co-host and he chose Saving Private Ryan yeah we taped this on D-Day completely unplanned so let's see if this commie pinko Dennis put a stake in the heart of Tom Hanks and that growling master thespian, Vin Diesel. Have you ever killed anybody? Yeah, but they were all really bad. Special guest star Natalia Reagan. Hi.
3: Thanks for having me back, Kevin. I can't wait to, you know, hear the take on uh, this film.
2: All right. Natalia it's a, Reagan. It's what, a doozy. What quote? What movie is that quote from? Have you ever killed anyone? Yeah, but they were all bad.
3: Oh, son of a biscuit. Uh, you know, I, yeah, I'm, uh, saving, uh, Ryan's privates. Mm No.
2: Dennis DeClaudio joining us as guest today as a gutter. Dennis, how are you? What film is that quote from? Uh, say it one more time. Have you ever killed anyone? Yeah, but they were all bad. I don't know. True lies, where Arnold gets drugged and Jamie Lee oh. Curtis has him. Have you ever killed anybody? Damn it. But we didn't come here to talk about true lies, at least not yet. Someone has not chosen that film. Kevin tina Tyre Reagan, and Dennis DeClaudio on the best movie review slash movie debate podcast out there, where we invite a guest to pick a film they find overrated or hate and trying to convince us of their argument. But here's a twist. The film must meet one of these criteria: why the beloved, critically acclaimed, or a financial success. Why am I saying this now? Because the YouTube algorithm demands your description be at the top of the podcast. Duh. <laughs> Dennis has chosen a film, and I can't. I, it, you couldn't do this with monkeys with typewriters in a, th- a thousand in one room. Dennis has chosen the film. Shaving Ryan's privates, just kidding, saving private Ryan. Why am I? Why am I grandstanding about this? Because today is D day as we tape this episode. Let that sink in, fellow Americans. Nineteen ninety eight, a box. Uh, sorry, a budget at the time of seventy million dollars, a box office hall of four hundred eighty two point three million dollars. Turn that into twenty twenty one. Sorry, twenty twenty three money. million budget. Box office, $956.3 million. We are approaching Avengers Endgame money here, folks.
3: Wow, he hit all three criteria.
2: Yeah. Good good job,
3: Dennis. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know how
4: to pick him.
2: Yeah. Well, that was an easy Why
4: why come to fight if it's just going to be against something easy?
2: No, no easy, hence hence this podcast. We don't allow slam dunks, as you know, Natalia, because she chose breakfast at Tiffany's. Let's talk about oh, yeah. the, let's oh, talk wow. about the ratings for this puppy. <laughs> well, we to yeah. work
4: up talk later on.
2: Yeah, <laughs> we did it, and we'll get yeah. into that too. IMDb, folks, is a scale one through ten with decimal points. Uh, hey, what do you think, Dennis? That IMDb has for Saving R- Private Ryan? One through ten with decimal points. Oh, I'd guess something like 9.5. 9.5. Natalia Reagan?
3: 8.7.
2: 8.6. You were one tenth off, but Whoa. over. Price oh. rate right rules are in effect. But very okay. good, nonetheless. Very good. Wow. Natalia, you yeah. know the drill.
3: Rotten Tomatoes mm-hmm. is a
2: one through 100 score. What do you think the critics gave this film?
3: Oh, goodness. Um,. Ninety four,
2: 94. Dennis to Claudio. Oh, I, I think I checked. Early. Well, I'm going to I, maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. I'm going to say 96. One of you is dead nuts on and has won both showcases in the fabulous prices, right? And that's Natalia Reagan. Ninety four percent. Not bad. Damn, Dennis, I flip it back her, to yeah. you. What did the audience give on the Rotten Tomatoes one through 100 Ooh. scale? 87. 87. Natalia Reagan, what do you
3: have? Ooh, this is a good one because, you know, I, just, I feel like I'm a bunch of boomers weighed in. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to go with 92. 95. Wow. 95. Wow. Oh, wow.
2: So it's 94 and 95. Yep. So audience and critics, critics really, yeah. really simpatico, but here we are. Impressive. Impressive. Quotes from the
3: film. Dennis, I like your chutzpah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Quotes from the film, the Statue of Liberty is kaput. Well, that's disconcerting. And that's all the quotes I that's picked out from this film. This is not a quotable <laughs> film. Not at all. Dennis. No, it's not, not, Dennis, not what,
3: what, Fubar, what? just a bunch of foobars.
2: Yep, foobar, a lot of
4: foobar. That's not work. why, and that, by the way, that doesn't factor in exactly to anything, but it doesn't hurt. Go, but go ahead. What quotes do you I'm have, sorry. Dennis? What jumped out at you? <sighs> well, earn it. For one, obviously, uh, I uh, oh. Now, I can't think of any good quotes. It's like I, I've been trying to go back over it and I don't have any. Not a problem. Natalia.
3: I mean, Steamboat Willie. I mean, the, I mean, when he was singing, you know, the songs Betty, that yeah. I mean, that right there was singing for his life, that 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 stuck with me a bit.
2: Yeah, but are you dropping those to your friends in conversation? Like, oh, remember the line in Private Ryan where? No,
3: <laughs> I, don't,
2: I don't think you're dropping a Steamboat nope. Willie reference, nope. but if you are, uh, I'll stand corrected. Uh, don't judge. <laughs> That's all we do in this podcast. What are you kidding?
3: I know. You're right. Five
2: fun facts. When making a movie on a grand scale, you merely cannot settle on one actor you want and hope for the best. In addition to Tom Hanks, not the first choice, Harrison Ford, Mel Gibson, and Pete Postlewaite were considered for the role of Captain Miller. Do you guys want to take a guess who the first choice was for Private Ryan? Big name in the 90s. Very big, like mid to late 90s for sure. And One of those people. Was it one of those people or somebody else? Somebody else for those were all those I were all for Captain else. Miller. This person was considered was the first choice for Private Ryan. Oh, Private Ryan. Okay. Um, very big in the nineties, not so big now, but very big in the nineties, and maybe early two thousand, early two thousands. Scott Wolf is a no. Uh, he uh, was not Luke big. Perry. Luke Perry. No. How about Edward Norton? <laughs> Oh, mm. he turned it down to do American History X. Probably to his benefit. Yes, yes. They also wanted Noah Weil for the role, but had to turn down because his contract with ER. And then Matt Damon was third banana.
3: Tom Fun Sizemore. Note, uh,
2: yeah, please go ahead.
3: I was just going to say I worked on the Drew Carey Show for years, and Noah Wiley. They used to pay, um Call of Duty. I think it was Call of Duty Medal of Honor. And they would make posters of each. No, they would, it was ER against uh, Drew Carey, and there's tons of posters out there where they made Noah Wiley a Nazi. And uh, so I think like he kind of lived it out in uh, his own way. Oh, yeah. uh,
2: Call of Duty, yeah. Medal mm-hmm. of Honor, both great games have uh, a lot of them. Yep. Tom Sizemore problems are well known. While saving, uh, while filming Saving Private Ryan, he's trying to kick a drug addiction. Things were so severe, Spielberg had him drug tested every day. He would have been recast on the spot if he had failed a single test. God. Wow. Well, uh, that didn't impress anybody, but maybe this will. The show. I, the I, I, thought,
4: that was, I thought that was, I mean, I had things to say about that, but it goes into what I'm gonna talk about later. Fine.
2: Yep. Okay. We're, gonna, we're, we're gonna bottle that up for about five minutes. Yeah. The show piece number three of Saving Private Ryan is the landing at Omaha Beach enormity for the d-day scene it's the movie's second scene and lasts a full 20 minutes spielberg searched high and wide for a beach that could replicate omaha and ended up at Ballinesker beach in ireland do you want to take a guess on how much this scene cost and how many extras were used so cost extras take guesses i'll go to dennis first as our uh, gutter usually does uh two million dollars and- okay and 2,000 extras, Natalia, 5,000,000.
3: 2,500, 2,500
2: extras. You are closer on the extras. Dennis, 1,500 extras. This scene alone costs $12 million. Wow. And that's in 1990s uh, dollars. <laughs> that's that's a little under 20% of the film's budget. On the first twenty minutes yeah, of the film, mm-hmm. God. Billy Bob Thornton, number four, was offered the role of Sergeant Horvath, but declined because he did not want to film the Omaha Beach scenes. His reasoning: he has aquaphobia.
3: Okay,
4: I mean,
2: you know, yeah,
4: for yeah, I get it. I, That's... if you're gonna, I mean, it's not like it was a would have been a juicy role for him. It's not a great. Acting opportunity. No.
2: Speaking of great opportunities, Vin Diesel. Want to take a guess on how much he received for the portrayal of Caparzo? How much? Hundred thousand. Natalia. Three
3: hundred thousand.
2: One of you has yet again won a Super Bowl, or sorry, a Showcase Showdown. Actually, for the first time. I'm sorry. That would be Dennis. One hundred thousand dead nuts on for this portrayal. Wow. Yeah. By the way. Very ironic. early in his career, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Boiler rumors after this. But, you know, he's so desperate, for, of course, he would film a movie for free if you let them. By the way, he gets 100000 every time he says family in the Fast and the Furious films. Did you know that, too? <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> and, I read that somewhere, I think. Uh, might have been Twitter.
2: And now it's time it. for the gang, and that gang, of course, being the herd, to ask a gutter. At Heywood, you blow me. Try, hey, and they're addressing me. Why? Try not to, to pull a Dr. Strangelove on this one. Remember, the good guys are the ones storming the beach, not defending it. Oh, because I'm German? Okay. In that case, how does Private Ryan stack up against Band of Brothers? So that's his question to you. To me. To you. Yes, you're the gutter. So, yes, all yes. questions will be oh.
4: to you. Oh, right, to me. I'm sorry. Uh... How does the stack stack up next to Band of Brothers? I think Band of Brothers is fantastic. I love Band of Brothers. I think if you took the first twenty minutes of this movie and attached it to Band of Brothers, it would be, uh, uh it would, it could you could, could be a whole other episode. I would love it.
2: Okay, fair enough. That, next, fair question. enough. Yeah. At Joe Loves Cam, what is your choice for most gut wrenching scene? Mine is when fish gets stabbed. Oh, uh, yeah, I. That I, I
4: looked at some of these uh, these questions before, and I totally agree. Yeah, fish getting stacks, I put some thought into it. And that scene right there is this so it's so visceral. It's the most there's so much violence and so much explosive, explosive stuff and like spectacle in the movie. But that's this simple close up between two men and a knife slowly going into a chest. And you see like the life walk, like leave Adam Goldberg's eyes in the scene. And it's just and it happens so slowly. It's it's it's, it's like a, it's a It's a fantastic
2: moment. Agree. At Lord Nerds, referencing the Normandy opener, can you think of a mo- another movie scene that's been copied so frequently in video games?
4: Um, I'm not a big video game guy, so I don't know how I don't know uh, how movie scenes uh, incorporate into them. But I do know that this that this scene was uh, seminal in pretty much cinematography from this point going forward uh the cinematography in this movie was uh completely copied over and over again not just in band of brothers but but a lot in band of brothers but just in anything any kind of war movie they started using it just in any type of war movie not even world war 2 it started being used in like uh not the not 300 but the spartacus
1: gladiator so, they're just
4: like the, the gritty realism of Okay. Yeah, yeah, could Gladiator, but that kind of shaky cam and uh, you know, like you can't really kind of figure out what's going on in the war, but it's still uh, yeah that has been just completely sucked up into culture. So, oh, my you know, second, there's probably not another scene.
2: My second guess was going to be <laughs> I- Nailing Sarah, Sarah Palin. That was my second guess for that kind of cinematography. But uh. oh yeah, by the way, a guy <laughs> a guy who looks like Moby, not in the video games. This is weird, but okay.
4: yeah i know you know the reason is because i know that if i let them into my life like i won't i I will just be completely sucked into it and i really can't afford to do that because i I just get obsessive about shit
2: at Bango two three three one, I'm I'm, lo- I'm locking and loading my MG forty two and sighting my mortars. Dennis is going to rue the day he stormed the beach of this sacred cow. Parentheses. Why am I making myself the Germans in this scenario? Eesh. Question. How many times have you shit yourself in fear while crossing the Channel?
4: <laughs> <laughs> I would have shit my like. Uh, I would have shit myself so bad that all of my insides would have gone like sucked out backwards through my I just would have been one long continual shit until I was just like. Backwards into the ocean,
3: you would have been like a clown handkerchief of shit. Right, exactly. Just going, going, going Uh, until uh, and then maybe
4: it would have come back around. It would be like a Mobius kind of thing, like a human centipede,
3: like a like a like a single human centipede of shit. And I like this. okay, like 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 an Ouroboros, almost like the treads of a tank. (laughs)
2: <laughs> can you oh, you know oh, that's you know, the way to break them natalia yeah. you just made me an uh, an, uh, an awesome like idea it's like i'm gonna go lay some tank treads down in the uh in the toilet now so i'll see in about 20 minutes <laughs> you inspired me
3: yeah you're you're welcome i'm up apologies to your family um and uh, your toilet really you know
2: at the Eric- dna
3: sample while you can
2: Oh, you can use a, a rectal swap from our company and they'll do the, just the, the same. At Eric4953, how do you hate this movie? Is the opening sequence too much for you? Were you rooting for the Germans? Movie moves at a good pace, realistic, well acted and shot and directed. So how do you hate this movie? We're going to answer that later. Is the opening sequence too much for you? And ro- were you rooting for the Germans? How about those two questions in this segment, kind sir? Uh, no, the
4: opening sequence was not too much for me. I would have... Uh, the opening sequence... Is I think the reason most people love this movie, mm-hmm. uh, but it's only twenty minutes of the movie, and then there's a whole two hours that come after it, uh, and there is one more really great battle scene in it. But in between is, I'll talk. I'll, I'll get into that. And the other, I was I rooting for the Germans. No, absolutely not. I am. I do not like. Uh, I do not like Nazis. I'm always in favor of punching them. I uh, Anyone, I, I'm against everything that the fascist regime stands for. So I'm 100% for America in this country. In Uh-oh. This
2: country. Uh-oh, Natalia, better cake cover. <laughs> Uh-oh. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, at Wait Rex, a minute. <laughs> I'm teasing you. At Rex Crumb. I'm not going will... to run. Go back. <laughs> I will just leave this without further comment. He leaves a picture of a T-shirt that reads back-to-back back World War Champs. So that is his question. You know what? My my
4: grandparents were in this, the second one of those wars. Uh, both of them made it out, thankfully, obviously. Uh, and I uh, I love America. I love America so much that I married a Colombian woman and made her an American.
2: I see. All right. Look at you! Yeah. He's, trying, Very he's trying to pass his passport test. Like he's, like he's like the Nazi. I love America. Betty Boop. Great gams.
3: <laughs> uh, <no. laughs> great gams. Steve, Steve <laughs>
4: Willie? Boop, boop, that was a good. That was a good quote. That was a good quote. Mm-hmm. When that, All right. Uh, the thing they're making him say.
2: That is going to close. Ask a Gutters. But listen, hey, nobody listens to the f- end of podcasts, so. Let's get our plugs out of the way now. Let's go to Dennis DeClaudio. Hey, what are you up to, buddy? Where can we find you? What are you doing? What do you want to shout out? Well,
4: right now, the thing that I'm most excited about is, uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm Dennis DeClaudio at Oh, no, at Dennis DeClaudio uh, on Twitter. And uh, you can always find me there. But the thing that I'm most excited about is that I'm working on a project with uh, a a guy named Stephen Levinson and uh, it is a a podcast that is hosted by uh, Andy Richter from Conan O'Brien yeah. uh, and it is it has a whole bunch of uh, uh, it is the movie. It's called The Novelizers and it is the entire movie of Wrath and Khan written by a bunch of comedy writers who Stephen knows and collected. And uh, so it's, it's novelized, but into these little bits and then those bits are narrated by like celebrities and comedians like Patton Oswalt, Nate Don Benjamin, and we got somebody from uh, Christina Chong from uh, from one of the new Star Treks, and there's like a whole bunch of cool people who are involved with it. And I somehow, just like so- I somehow managed to get on this podcast somehow, but I also somehow managed to be included in that in that book. So I ha- I'm going to have a chapter in it. Uh, I-, I don't want to say yet who's uh, who's reading my chapter. But uh, it's very uh, it's very exciting. And it's very funny. So it's called the Novelizers, uh, and this the first season is uh, Star Trek: Two Wrath of Khan. You know, with a uh, oh, new blood sucker. Anyway, there you go. Ricardo Montalban.
2: Is that a, <laughs> yeah? Is that the same C. that Did uh, Entourage and Ballers? No, no, different
4: guy. This is the oh. guy who used to be a writer for uh,
2: for Jimmy Fallon uh, Tonight Show. Gotcha. That's a different seal. Oh, it's yeah. 11, my 11th 11 center, 11th fall. Whatever. Natalia Reagan, I see you putting up all those cutesy poo little animal videos you do on Twitter. What else are you doing?
3: Yeah. I mean, look, I, I make a lot of videos about animal junk, you know, the bifurcated penis of the possum and one, so on and so forth. Snake, uh, snake slits. Uh, but I also have. um. A <laughs> that's a great punk <laughs> band. That's,
2: made- a, that's a great punk band that no one's heard of yet.
3: <laughs> we keep coming up with good bands. Snake Slits is a good one. Um, Baby Death Machines about Komodo dragons. I've got a a few in my back pocket, but uh, I'm going to be podcasting for Scientific American. Uh, My first podcast we're working on right now on a lesbian love triangle of monkeys and an animal sanctuary that I work at. uh, Featuring, yeah, a lot of, you know, we hear about gay animals all the time. All the time. I make lots of videos about the gay penguin. Half of (laughs) my friends are gay animals. This is fantastic. Okay, good. Gay animals are where it's at, right? Like I talk about, you know, putting the bi in bison. Uh, But I'll be working on that podcast. I also have a book, uh, a chapter in a book that just came out called uh, Nerd Night. And I talk about queer primates in that particular chapter. And you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Natalia13Reagan. No, Instagram and Twitter at Natalia13Reagan. And on uh, TikTok at Behold Natalia. I get all these socials confused. Forgive me. And just, you know, come find me. I'm doing a bunch of shows coming up, a lot of stand-up. So if you want to come see me and I talk a lot about uh, monkey sex. Come get it. That
4: sounds yeah. great. I want to talk we should talk later. I want it's to sa- talk about monkey should. sex. Yeah. It monkey sounds sex,
2: yes. it sounds like it sounds like you're throwing yourself out there to have some monkey sex, Natalia. I don't know if the audience is uh, ready it for that. It is.
3: Look, guys, <laughs> it is D-day. You take and you I take me. that quite literally.
2: <laughs> d-day on your vj Sorry. how about that
3: <laughs> d-day on my V. Va- I i do have a i've come up with a list of uh, uh na- alternatives for the word vagina because we know that that's what Ron DeSantis is going to go after next and one of them i have a couple uh throwbacks like vjfk okay um, <laughs> margaret snatcher uh, Matwatma gandhi and um
1: gandhi. Uh, Lindsay's
3: graham cracker <laughs> yeah there's some good ones uh so yeah you know, be sure to, to to check that out because, you know, we got to come up with some good backups. We got to think outside of the box, guys. Box. <laughs> hey, what
2: happens if someone has a beat up, a real beat up vagina? Is it looks like, would you call it on JFK's head?
3: That's a that's a, a a roast queef sandwich. Oh,
2: okay. Just want to make uh-huh. sure I've got, yeah. I've got my... Uh, yeah, I
3: don't know. Oh, my God. Or a oh. lox bagel. All
2: right. Yeah, I got, we got to stop.
3: We got to cut these. Sorry. I got, got another kid.
2: i working on
3: a new bit, okay, guys?
2: I like I like to I like to think it was cu- <laughs> I like to th- I like to think of his cured eggplant if it looks really nasty
3: oh that's or you, or, oh, uh, uh uh cottage cheese industry is another good one
2: okay my god
3: that might be going too far I know I'm so uh-huh. sorry you're like the mr skin uh-huh. so of sorry. vagina yes.
2: nicknames
3: oh my god uh-huh. I used to be on Mr skin I think I might still be on there because I was what, on my what name. movies oh it was good <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I was in Sex Drive. I did play a pregnant prisoner in that movie, but um, I don't know if that's made the list yet, Kevin. I don't know if it... It's no, made because the criteria, it's a terrible
2: movie. <laughs>
3: no, it's not.
2: I turned that shit right off. I'm a sucker for everything. Listen, I love Tim. comedy. is an Amish. No, he's terrible. But anyway.
3: My friend wrote it, so I, I, I have, yeah. But no, I was in My Name is Earl in my brawn underwear, and that got me on Mr. Skin. Oh, and I was congratulations. in the scene... Thank you, with Giovanni Ribisi, who I'll talk about when I talk about him. Oh, mm,
2: huh. well, okay. I bet if he was wearing tighty whities, his Ribisi must be very, uh you know, protruding if you were in the bra and panty scene.
3: Mm-hmm. It was quite, yeah, you know, Ribigzi. <laughs> Dude,
2: I wonder if it looks like his face—the <laughs> same face he made when he played that um mentally oh. challenged person. Listen, guys, Sorry. go to gutting oh, the
4: sacred. I really should have sharpened up my puns. Sorry.
2: Gutting the Sacred Cow. At, my ready. God damn it. Let me get my plug out, Dennis. GuttingtheSacredCow at gmail.com to advertise with us or to say hi. Don't forget, we love five star ratings, two or three sentence reviews on our pod, on your podcast platform of choice. Wherever you see our social medias, of course, Gutting the Sacred Cow podcast on TikTok and Instagram and GTSE podcast on Twitter. Just give us a like and a reshare or retweet or whatever you feel like doing. That does help. And boy, oh boy, just subscribe on YouTube. You're, you're going to miss out on some good content if you don't. That is that. Okay, Natalia, after more of your kinky little dub on and monkey sex metaphors, it's time to let Dennis Claudio, out. de Claudio, excuse me, out of that monkey cage and out here to try and hump the leg of Saving Private Ryan. So let's have him gut the sacred cow. Deep breath, cracking the fingers.
4: One, the characters are practically non-existent. The uh, you, this is hidden by some really good acting, like Tom Hanks. When you think about uh, his character, tell me if you can think of anything that describes what that character is like. Who kind of guy? Like for for the longest time, they make a big point of. We nobody knows what his uh, what his career is or where he's from.
2: He's a teacher like, from Pennsylvania, to... and he's a leader. That's what I have ascertained. Right.
4: Well, that's what we learn later on. Right. They make but they make this whole uh, like reveal about it, and it ends up being just that, which is nothing, and it may have been the point. But they had to do that to give him some kind of mystery to have him something. I mean, well, that's what the screenwriter did in the writing of it. Tom Hanks just makes it into Tom Hanks. You you're watching the movie and you're like, oh, I'm watching Tom Hanks walk around, you're fine watching Tom. I'll watch Tom Hanks walk around and go get his mail. You know, that'll be like, oh, it's an engaging (laughs) film. Uh, But but there's nothing in the character. And it's even worse when it filters down to the to the to the rest of the characters because they become not just no characters, but like stock characters. There's a guy from Brooklyn. Hey, you can't mess with me, guy. And then there's the oh, a I'm Italian, you know, I got to save this little girl because if my mama would have be sad at me. And then there's uh the uh, the tough Jewish guy who is uh has one good moment where he's going and showing his uh his star to all the all the Nazis as they're going by saying Jude and That's like a really good moment. Uh but besides that, he's just like like a tough asshole and that's all he is and 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 for one thing, Adam Goldberg is forecasting. If you're going to play like an intimidating, tough Jewish guy, Adam Goldberg's maybe not
2: your go-to. No, no. Reminds me, not at all.
4: Reminds me of like Eli Roth as the bear Jew in in *Inglorious Bastards*. Like you're expecting this like cool big guy to come out, and then it's Eli Roth. And like I know there are tough Jews, tough big Jews out there in Hollywood. Like yeah, like David Tell. no. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell him to come out there. Actually, I think uh, what's his name? I think is half Jewish uh, in this movie. Uh, who plays the Italian
2: guy? Vin Diesel. Oh, Vin Diesel.
4: Vin no, Vin I don't think he's. I, I do half.
2: I don't think. I, I could I'm be sure. wrong. I think he's. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I don't I believe yes. So.
4: Well, what about I think getting he's half Bill Black and half Jewish? How about
2: that... how about Bill Goldberg? He's got to be the toughest Jew out there, right? Goldberg, the wrestler, played in the NFL. Mother, are you? Sh- oh, oh yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. There's tons. Yeah, there's tons of good big Jews out there. These lots of bear Jews in real life.
2: Woody they're Allen, there's the another eyes. one. He's like
4: Harvey well, Feierstein. That's <laughs> right. This is like casting him practically. <laughs> but anyway, uh, and and he just doesn't. Mandy have to, like,
3: Oh. <laughs> oh my Mandy god. Mandy Patinkin
4: could have pulled it off. And Mandy Patinkin <laughs> could have pulled it off because he's a really good actor, yeah. and he does have a big bear. Like you see him uh, in uh, Yentl. Like he's got a big bear mm-hmm. body. <laughs> uh, uh, and he he's tough. He could have been tough. Uh, Adam Goldberg's never going to be tough. He's like me, going to be tough. I'm not going to ever be tough. I'm never going to play an intimidating guy in anything. Right? right. I'm going to always be the guy's sidekick or something. Uh, same with Adam Goldberg. But that doesn't mean he's a bad actor. This means he's not, he's miscast for the role. Okay. Beyond that, there's no story. If you can tell me what happens in this movie beside the premise of the movie, Like what story happens like the premise of the movie is they're told to go find somebody. They search around, they find him. That's the premise of the movie. If you can tell me like story that happens in between that, please fill me in on it because uh, it's, it's just completely flat. It just is like this really big set piece in the beginning, this amazing battle scene. And then there's this really big amazing battle scene at the end this big set piece and then just there's no attempt to make any drama in between there's just some character conflict stuff uh which is hack like not even like it's like stock it's not like really like thought through it's the nerdy guy versus the tough guys and all the stuff that we're just used to seeing uh and besides that there's just, like, like, like they, they travel around around France and meet celebrities. Like, that's, like, most of the movie.
2: Celebr- uh, wait, wait, wait. We meet like, celebrities. What celebrities did they meet?
4: They meet, they meet, they meet, uh what's his name? Uh
2: From um, Cheers. <laughs> oh, 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 they meet oh. oh like, I thought you meant, like, the characters uh, within the movie were celebrities. Like, what are you no, talking about? Oh, yeah, they see Paul, yeah, Paul Giamatti. Yeah, like, they like, they oh, see,
4: like, here's another cat. Uh, Nathan uh, Fillion. can we get to play Here's Brian Cranston. Here's this guy. Now they meet this guy. Now it's like, oh, who's this? Oh, it's Matt Damon.
2: It's like the love boat Uh, where everyone just get on and go, wait a minute. What's what's Jim J. Bullock and Ted Knight doing on here?
3: (laughs) Exactly. You know what that movie needed is some Jim J. Bullock. That is what this movie needed. Well, this could have, I mean, this thing had very, very light on
4: Jim J. Bullock in this movie. Very light. As another, it's at another problem with the movie that it's just like, it's its tone is just Yeah. Like there's no like there's not It's just like the, the 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 basic message of the movie seems to be is like death. Death is bad and it's bad and gory and death and then it's like it's like it was written by somebody like in hot topic or something like oh death is so uh, the war is just like oh there's death. What do
2: you when think they're it? gonna have black eyeliner and chain wallets I and have know. Rollins band it's, stickers on their uniforms?
3: Binge listening yeah, to Disintegration by the Cure. I know it's happening. There,
1: <laughs> there's no
2: lightness to the film.
3: It doesn't have, like, there are no
4: moments of, there's not any sense that it was ever worth anything in the end. The film's basic conceit is that they're going to go find this guy because his mom will be sad if he dies too. But then, like, they're just going to all die on the in the process of getting him, getting this one guy back to his mom. So they're just... The whole movie. And like one of of the quotes in the movies is uh, what we're here to do is we're here to we're not here to decide what's decent. We're here to to follow orders. So that's one of the things. And then the whole movie is about like them being ordered by some generals to go save one guy who has been decided by some generals is more valuable than a whole bunch of other people because his mom will be more sad than a whole bunch of other moms who are also getting letters. It's like just the movie's about just whoever the generals decide is worth something gets to be uh, gets to live, and everybody will go and throw their lives down in defense of this one person's life. And that's like a I mean, and they make mention of that in the movie, but they never engage with it. They just say it. And it's like all the people who were like in the movie are like, yeah, what's up with this bullshit premise? And then, oh, let's not talk about it. We got to get to that bridge.
2: Uh, well, that's what they said. We listen. So- gripes go up. They don't go down. So there's not a lot of room for complaining after they had that whole discussion <laughs> of the, the the insanity of like you just said a bunch of dudes out for one guy just because mom doesn't want to get four telegrams instead of three saying their sons are dead.
3: It right, was such an right. HR response to a problem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it totally was. It was like, oh my HRs. god!
4: If, they, if the newspapers catch wind of this, and that's probably what Abraham—they made a whole big deal about Abraham Lincoln had done this oh. once. I'm sure he did. I mean, that's a really pre- presidential kind of thing to do, which is make grand gestures. You know, it's like mm-hmm. that's what the movie's about—like following out some dude's grand gesture. Uh, that's depressing because. You know, if you want to see a movie that that touches this subject matter on a on an actual, like intelligent adult way, it's uh, it's Paths of Glory by Stanley Kubrick. Uh, there's this whole thing about how these prisoners are unfairly going to be executed and Kirk Douglas is trying to defend them and he fails and they're going to die anyway, just even against all against all justice and and all his efforts. And they're going to die anyway. And then you realize it's all happening in the midst of this war because they're all soldiers, and everybody's been up to into this absurd fate. And like it really, when you see it, it it makes you feel like the 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 terrifying like absurdity of like it's it's all just up to randomness right. in a way that this movie never engages with. Uh, uh, I have more. Should I keep going?
2: Yeah, well,
4: right. give me your uh, give, give me your best yeah. three
2: give me your best three points left.
4: Okay. Uh, well, okay. W- one is okay. So now here's another thing. It has this, and it's this is what's great about the the best parts of the movie. It has this super gritty, realistic feel. Uh, when somebody gets shot, it's not just they fall over dead like they do in like you know cowboy movies uh they 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 you see their brains come out you see their eye cave in you see all this visceral realism in like like do not look away this is what war looks like this is like in your face real and then the story is like this kind of mawkish that we gotta go save this one guy, Chief, because he might—he, his mom might be sad, and it's just like very melodramatic message, which is in complete odds with like the the base reality of the of the war scenes. That it's like, it, and I don't have a problem with Malka, Just I love a good like soap opera kind of movie. I, I really enjoy, but you gotta have some choice. You gotta do one thing or the other, and uh, and in this case. Uh, I think they should have gone with a more realistic approach to the way they uh, pro- they attach the story. Okay. And, uh, all right. I think that's good for, Oh, and the soundtrack, but last thing, soundtrack is like comically overblown. There's like 500 horns that they had, they had, they had trucked in to do all the <laughs> blah, blah, blah stuff that they had constantly over top of flags and shit like that, waving in the wind. Uh, it just, the whole thing felt like, like a commercial for like medicine. Or something. It was. It, it was. It was just like depressing. Anyway, snake,
2: I think snake slits should cover that musical rendition you just gave.
3: Snake slits. <laughs> so many horns. You want to feel horny? You get yourself some snake slits.
2: Come on, venom. Like get snakeslits. ready to get like paralyzed. paralyzed. All right,
3: yeah.
2: Dennis. Give me a one to ten on Saving Private Ryan. Uh, seven. Seven. Oh, seven seven, seven. You, you think this film sucks to give it a seven okay
4: no i know as the thing is i don't think it sucks i don't or think, overrated? Sucks. I think i think it's terribly overrated i think that it is a golden cow it is like an, it is as is a movie that's held up as a great piece of cinema and a great piece of cinema shouldn't have flaws that big I, I there's there's plenty of movies that i enjoy watching and i did not hate watching this movie not all of it uh but, but it's not a great movie. It's an okay movie. It's a good movie to watch on a Sunday with your uncle. You know, it's like everyone's going to be happy watching the movie and then, like, you stop it and pause it and get them more pizza. Uh, like, it's a great movie for that. But it is not, like, amazing
2: cinema. If it had such big plot holes, then why are you giving it a seven? Because it's still got
4: great cinematography. It's got some of the most amazing battle scenes I've ever seen. And it has Tom Hanks and Tom Sizemore who I was going to mention before they both give really good performances they're both i mean and uh Jeremy Davies gives a really good performance as like maybe the very one of the worst written characters but he breathes some kind of life into it as like the uh nerdy uh private Upham. uh and uh, there's a lot to be said good about it but it's
2: not this it's not a like a pillar of cinema the way it is treated 7 out of 10 you yeah. heard the man That's, listen it's your assessment. you have to say fair we're going to let the yeah. the, the, the yeah. herd's going to judge us not me
1: Let's get at yeah. it.
2: Let, let me hear. Let me hear from the yeah. lead singer of Snake us let's, let's hit it.
3: Oh uh, uh, yeah. Let's savor uh, Ryan's privates. Okay. Um, <laughs> so first of all, saving Private Ryan. Dumb name. Way too on the nose, folks. I mean, come on now. Like, can, can we get a little bit more creative? Uh, I love of the first scene i think I, I don't mind the visceral nature of it of course we talked about the cinematography unparalleled up until that point really kind of a pov making you feel like you're actually in there getting that sort of chaos uh i feel like i definitely i, I want uh tom hanks's esthetician i've never seen such clear pores up close multiple times throughout <laughs> a film such beautiful skin such kind eyes uh but uh, when the man first comes to the cemetery, like when the very, very beginning, they kind of do that sort of like, who is that guy? And then you're thinking, it's got to be. You know Miller, it's got to be right. You know, and we'll get to that in a minute. But I remember when I thought saw him walking up with that crew of ladies, and I was like, "Why is someone bringing the Aryan Nation to this cemetery? (laughs) I mean, like, can we get how many blondes do we have there? It is not enough. Everybody, (laughs) not enough. Apparently, but everybody was blonde. Um, I just also want to give a shout out real quick to all the women in the film, uh, including uh, we got the uh, the the death crew, the ones that write up about all the uh, you know sending all the letters to. The, all the uh the, the typing pool uh, we've got the yeah the, we, so this is the women in the film we've got the Aryan nation the typing pool we've got mom on a verge we got private ryan's mom we've got pruning roses miller uh basically miller's wife that's uh all we get we get the ugliest sin alice jardine and we get tits mcgee that is all the women in the film. Hold on. Now town. I get it. Hold, it's about hold the war fuck two. on.
2: Hold on. We can't Bechdel test a goddamn movie, but a bunch of dudes trying to find somebody in world war. Goddamn too. I am not going to let that slide. No, thank you. Oh, what I'll get you?
3: to the men. Don't worry. I'll get to the men. I'm sure you will. I'm just saying that the, the the women are are, are are non-existent, right? But even the men, like Dennis said, are about as flat as it gets. Nothing but caricatures and tropes. You know, the only reason why we know, well, we kind of get the accent from uh, Rybin that we know he comes from Brooklyn, but he literally has Brooklyn on the back of his jacket.
2: <laughs> Wait, you don't, think, so you, don't, you don't think Ed Norton demanded that his character be from Brooklyn? Please tell it's, me. You don't. Ed Burns. Ed, I'm sorry, exactly. Ed. I meant to say Ed Burns. Motherfucker, no, right. he is exactly the... He's from New York. I'm gonna, I'm from he, Brooklyn. He, he screams it entire... In every other film he does, it's always Ed Burns. <laughs> I'm from Brooklyn, you know? From
3: Brooklyn. Yeah,
2: so uh, but you now, knew I that was going to happen.
3: Also, I do also want to give out to, the, the shout out to the people of color in the film, which is zilch, nada, 2000 black soldiers stormed the beach at Omaha Beach, and not even one extra that I saw. That also, this is 1998. Hey. Diversity existed at that point, or you would like to think. It's just another example of whitewashing history. I just had to point that one out because it literally was as if nobody—not a—not a Latino, not an Asian person on that beach. Or uh,
2: if zone. it was an Asian person, my dear, they would be on the other other side. Because I'm pretty right. sure a lot of a lot of Asian Americans. I could be wrong. Someone can fact check. Please do. We're I don't probably, think I don't think there are a lot of Asian Americans on our side in WW2. That's just no my s- my simple.
0: No, were, please no, correct. Please were, correct me.
2: There were.
4: No, they were in some uh camps or whatever. Yeah. What, what, in what internment
3: in in, camps, in yeah. Exactly. It's not just Asia I mean Latinos. There's not a black soldier out there. There's not there's nothing. Nothing. Just I just want to point out it's a it's a it's a mayonnaise mutiny uh we got on our hands. And that's fine. Another but, uh, great a punk
2: band, mayonnaise mutiny. Look mayonnaise at you, Mayonnaise
3: mutiny. Uh so again, this is just sort of a whitewashing of history because I looked it up. Over two thousand men that stormed the beach that day. We're african-american uh so going back to uh yes the tropes that we're seeing what i felt like and this is what i can agree with dennis is that first scene is so iconic so amazing you, you know i mean honestly we got the guy that's a hand model the give me a hand guy that runs back to grab his hand that right there <laughs> really got me uh we've got the in beauty queen who uh this is an outfit that i sometimes wear where you you've got your inyards uh there we go uh featured in that so i had to you know give mad props to the use of these extras, because I mean, that, talk about being a featured extra. We need to have your guts physically outside of you. Because I used to do extra work. I mean, I want to know. And what was there a fish bump for those at the very end? You know, when you oh, get all the, yeah, the yeah. men laying there, and I just thought there must be a fish bump. Uh, but there, there
2: must have—I was going to say that must have been like another recreation of the Faith No More video, end of epic, where all the fish are. You know, the one fish is jumping <laughs> here, dying, dying of oxygen, uh, lack of oxygen. deprivation
3: yeah thank you Uh, no but i feel like for the the next two hours and 30 minutes because it was a two hour and 50 minute film we are watching it's like watching a horror film where you're watching them just get picked off kind of like when the indianapolis sunk off the coast of guam and you had all these soldiers getting picked off by sharks that was basically it and you had no real character development so when these people died i didn't even feel that bad I mean when we got to fish I felt really bad and I felt also I felt very conflicted that the 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 one Jewish guy in the film got the most intimate and heinous death in the entire film like what mm. I mean maybe that was intentional but my god did I think this is cruel and you know real real You know, fucked up, but uh, yeah, Giovanni Rabisi. I like how he micromanaged. I mean, he was the medic, but I love how he micromanaged his triage. He's like, "Okay, guys, is my how's my oh my liver? Okay, was there a hole exiting my back? I did. I did appreciate those moments." and uh, I thought Upham's character, again, was also written in a way that he felt like a Jerry Lewis impression, you know, like this kind of thin, gangly, geeky guy, you know, and I felt like he did a really good job portraying that. But at the same time, he was such a little cowardly scrub. I just wanted to give him a noogie and, and push him out of the way and be mm-hmm. like, let me I'll deliver the ammo. Um Oh, and Nathan Fillion, that, that that was actually comic relief. So when they found the fake Private Ryan, that to oh. me was like my favorite part. Because yeah. it's like, we found him. And you're like, oh, of course we didn't find him yet. It's too early in the we've well, we only got I still got two hours left. Uh and then Nathan Fillion, who I um is is a, I think a beautiful man, uh, he sits down and you have that moment realizing that he's not really he's not that real guy. And um, you know, but I thought that was kind of the, the moment of levity that added to the story. And then also you had Ted Danson in that scene and it was chef's kiss but i could have used a whole lot more uh levity character development and just given a shit because um yeah it bummed me out tom sizemore big ups wow was he amazing and we know we just lost him big (laughs) ups man he was great he was fantastic um and i think everyone did a good job acting i just think i i i wanted to care more about those characters Give me something oh i do think that you know when it came to vin diesel dying um it was basically too fast to food bar Curious. for him <laughs> um, yeah. well done thank you uh and that when he died i was and uh, you know even that poor french girl hated the film i think she was just like get me out of this give me some give me some death i mean that was one of the other women in the in the film or young uh young girl obviously but um yeah I, she couldn't even co-sign with the uh the lack of character development, you know, I wanted to know what she was saying, though. I had a feeling that she wasn't just, you know, crying for her parents. I feel like she was probably uh, slinging some really good French, uh, you know, curse words. So um, I think that's mostly everything. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I also thought that maybe with the letter that kept getting passed down. You know, like so, so Carpi or, uh, or, or Capazzo had that letter and, you know, he dies. And then it's like, okay, well, uh, you know, Wade grabs the letter and then, you know, Wade dies. And then, you know, and I just think that the, I can just imagine the game of telephone that this letter is going to be by the time it gets to, to Carpazzo's mom, where it's going to be completely, you know, its own <laughs> version of like, uh, I love you, Dad. You did good. I'm dead. Carpazzo, you know?
2: Family. Um, no.
3: Family. Family. <laughs>
2: Maybe yeah. the letter is cursed. Maybe uh, just, that's what no, the movie's see, about. God damn Sorry. it, Dennis! I was gonna say. <laughs> I was yes. gonna say. This is the. Yes. Wor- this is the. This is the original version of "It Follows." <laughs> Everyone who grabs the letter dies.
3: Holy crap! What? It was the letter. No. I, and, and also I have to give shout out to uh, where, where's uh, where's uh, uh, J- Jesus grab the gun, Jackson uh, like that. I love that. You know, Barry Pepper's character was all about like, you know, J- you know, I'm, I'm I'm a sniper for the savior. You know, I'm, I'm you know, s- snapping on the mount like that was just, again, these tropes of like you got to have the religious guy, the Jewish guy, the Italian, you know, the, the kind of a geeky. Smarty pants interpreter that doesn't have the balls to to save his friend. Uh, oh, give me more.
4: Right, Character. characters are way better drawn in uh, uh,
2: Band of Brothers. Band of Brothers. Natasha, give me uh, the old one to ten.
3: Oh God. Um. So again, we to 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 speak to the cinematographer or to to to, to give props to the cinematography. I would say, oh, I don't know. I was bored last night. Mm. Six out of ten.
2: I, but, Talia, you give more shout outs than someone calling up Hot 97, the all rap station here in New York. It's, uh, you, you, you're a prop queen. Big ups. 6 out of ten, seven out of 10. These notes brought to you by guttingthesacredcow.com where you can find some sweet-ass merch. Sorry, no gay animals on this website, but just plenty of hats, bags, mugs, cell phone holders with my lovely face and Kevin Israel's face on it. guttingthesacredcow.com. And again, leave us those five-star ratings on your podcast platform of choice. Notes. Hey, let's all take time out to remember that this movie lost to Shakespeare in Love.
3: Oh, oh, God. Oh, man. That's
2: like, you know, I don't know.
4: That's a a curse on both houses kind of situation.
3: Yeah. 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 Pox on both of them. Damn. If,
2: If this, along with the travesty known as 1994's Academy Awards, where Forrest Gump beat Pulp Fiction, and Shawshank. If if these two Oscars don't deter you from giving two shits about this archaic group of -of out-of-touch boar fests, no one will. Wow. I would have a fire log-sized poop in my pants if I was on that boat to D-Day. Better yet, I would have learned to say a boot and jumped off the boat and swam to Canada. (laughs) The ah! cinem- thank you. The cinematography is absolutely stunning and brilliant, and especially when you see people getting shot in the ocean. I didn't know bullets can go that fast in water, but okay. Seeing the dude pick up his own arm was rough. Seeing that guy explode with a flamethrower on his back is rough. Seeing guys blown in the air from grenades is rough. Hey, the Jackass crew guys have really upped their game this time, huh?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thank you. This has to be the most intense opening of a film next to the Sarah Palin porno parody film.
4: <laughs> mm-hmm. I bet. <laughs>
2: thank you. I bet I bet Tom Sizemore has taken enough speed in his life that he could have fought the entire Battle of Normandy beach by himself
3: <laughs> and not felt a thing.
2: Oh yeah. Don't shoot, let them burn. I forgot that quote. Also, uh, by the way, also said by none other than Mahatma Gandhi. <laughs>
3: I think it was Matwatma Gandhi, Kevin.
2: <laughs> you never miss with these vagina puns. God damn it, I like <laughs> you. Can you imagine I can listen, I have a daughter. I could never imagine getting a telegram about my my son dying in war. Talk about the worst news a parent could ever get. Unless, of course, Prince Harry was your son, then you can wipe your brow and mouth the words, thank you. <laughs> Hey, Tom Hanks, you and your guys survive. Most of your guys survived D-Day. What are you going to do next? Well, we're going to take on another suicidal mission that's purely narcissistic, where the odds of survival rival the same of holding in a piss while watching all three Lord of the Ring movies. Yay! <laughs> well, it's due for another one. I could not <laughs> wait for Vin Diesel to pop a Corona with his platoon during chow time. Say grace and shoehorn a... Family in there. <laughs> Paul Giamatti rocking a mustache looking like he'd be the top contributor in a pro Jared from Subway Reddit thread. <laughs> getting shot in a monsoon getting shot at is terrible, but really sucks? Walking miles in a monsoon all the time. I would just be a deserter. Go, I'm AWOL. Call me a deserter. I'll see you in the brig. I'll pass. Hey, guys, good to see Ted Danson and not in blackface. Oh. <laughs> he did that. Everybody Google it. You'll see. Ugh. Pause it. Unpause. Now you can <laughs> laugh. I disagree. I think you can vibe with the characters in this film. I totally do. I totally, I, I, I like Edward Burns is Edward Burns in every film. And this one, it plays a perfect role. Same thing with Vin Diesel. What are you expecting? Not much, but what do you expect? They're infantry men. Tom Hanks is Tom Hanks. The man is, is an, is an untouchable. He's a Brahma bull in acting called as we see it. Everybody, oh, the, the Jewish guy blanked on his name, the, the, the nerdy guy. Everyone had a little story. That was enough to get me through that film. So I'm going to disagree with you guys on the characters. Not a lot of development, but then again, they all die. So how much vesting do we need in this? We got enough not to be overindulged, though, which I'm fine with i i enjoy these stories of the camaraderie the sh- the soldiers are sharing i am sure though that they've exhausted all their sexual deviancy stories from back home as they're all on the plane ride to europe together hence why there's not much sexy talk going on while they're walking the fields of france hey every war movie should have the should be forced to have the drill instructor from full metal jacket in every film for a nice injection of comedy <laughs>
3: You best unfuck yourself.
2: Yeah. Sorry. Uh what's the line I love in there? Uh I'm going to cut your I'm going to cut your balls off so you can't contaminate the rest of the world. That's my favorite line he gave.
3: It's scientific accurate, you know. That's a, a scientifically.
4: That is it works. Found. That is the one way to keep that from happening. mm
3: mm-hmm. Mhm.
2: if i caught a p if i caught a pow like they did i would make him do horrible things like i'd make him wear all of our dirty underwear on his head and force him to sing pitbull songs if that (laughs) thank you if that doesn't violate the geneva convention we'd have him do sebastian maniscalco's act and then we could execute him under the geneva convention law hey it only thank you natalia you're one of my top audience members It only took them an hour and forty nine to miraculously stumble upon Private Ryan, guys. Only an hour and forty nine. If I'm Private Ryan and they're like, "You're going home," I am doing a combo of a George Jefferson dance slash Kevin McAllister's parents running through the hor- ho- the airport and home alone on my way out of the way of the war. Sorry, fellas. Best of luck. Guess who gets first crack at all the horny housewives back home? Me. <laughs> When Edith Piaf is singing, it reminded me how bad music in the 40s was. But then again, rap music in the 2020s is equally as terrible. Hmm. Edward Burns telling the story about the woman with the big boobs trying to squeeze her way into the dress, which got me thinking, why just say, think of this? Why would she not say, you know what, for my country, I'm going to give this guy a go away bang. And how many guys who are going away to war are not going away to war, I should say, we're going to basic training the next day. You're like, hey, goodbye. And uh, I'm going to Warden it tomorrow. How about a goodbye bang? Natalia, would you give a goodbye bang if there was a draft in this country for a few fellows in a wartime situation? Quick answer yes or no? No. Oh, communists? Maybe. Get the- <laughs> Actually,
3: maybe. I, you know, I, 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 context. But yeah, I would mm-hmm. say snake slits. Snake slits. <laughs> I would offer them snake slits.
2: That is arousing yet terrifying. Hey, whatever happened to Barry Pepper? He was in a bunch of hits like Any of the State, this film, Green Mile, 61, Battlesfield Earth. Whoops, that's what the beginning of the downfall was. Battlefield Earth.
1: Oh, yeah. Is he He a Scientologist?
2: Nobody was in that movie with that was a Uh, uh, Scientology uh, wet dream. Yeah. Yeah,
4: Yeah, I remember him in that movie. That was not good.
2: I actually saw that in the theater with four other people. I go, what the fuck is this? <laughs> oh my god! It wow. stunk. Oh man. That scene with the Nazi stabbing the Jewish shoulder and saying, shh, shh, that'll always stick with you no matter what your opinion is of this film. And then the translator, forgot his name, who cares, stands there helplessly and lets him leave. That's solid writing, folks. Can't argue that. That's a good. Good, good, good choice of tension, and wow, that happened. But then the coward suddenly has the balls to jump in front of 10 Germans and gets them to surrender. None of them bull rush him. None of them. That doesn't happen. Matt Damon's Private Ryan would have been a hell of a lot more memorable of a character if he would have shot a Nazi and dropped a how do you like them apples in a Boston accent. (laughs) while wearing a track suit yeah this film has always and will always be a masterpiece disagree i saw the theater i was moved i get it listen the whole idea of them going with one squadron for one dude pure horse shit no one's going to argue that i watch i own this film i watch it every so often this is not a feel-good film where you can just fire it up every so often this is not a feel-good film like Porky's three is just kidding all three Porkys stink the story moves at a brisk pace i don't care if movies are long as long as they're edited well and flow jfk pulp fiction um shawshank all the, the django long films great oh, as long as they flow. love all those movies there you go there you go i like those movies yeah they flow i'm fine with it and this did flow it wasn't that they had judd apatow as editor of this film this film from what i've read a lot of and i had two grandfathers in world war ii They said this is as close as it came, kids. Everyone who watches it said this is as close as it comes to D-Day from a lot of veterans' accounts. It's a fictitious tale, but the Normandy Beach stuff, the camaraderie, all that other stuff, all the going-ons, very, very uh, true as true can be. But other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, about the whole story of the squadron going away for one person, the play was great. This film... It's an eight out of ten for me. Solid, very solid. Am I rewatching it? Every I said every so often. No, I'm not. It's a very tough pill to swallow. Very, very sad, especially the beginning. But I, I still love this film. I acknowledge the plot holes, like you said. I'm not poo pooing them. But if you gave it a seven, you're not that far off. So there we have it.
4: I I don't mind. I don't begrudge it. I'm happy for for everybody else to like it
2: let's see what the narcissistic queefs who love to make the reviews about themselves think about that critics five star reviews the 24 minute sequence at the start of spielberg's second world war drama is one of the greatest pieces of combat cinema yet made no one is going to disagree with that Arguably, Spielberg's most visceral and inspired work, Saving Private Ryan, speaks to devout patriotism, sacrifice, and unflappable camaraderie. Sadly, these ideals, these, sorry, sadly, these these might be ideals in our currently politically divided country might never see eye to eye again. That's true, too. After a gut-wrenchingly graphic opening that restages D-Day landing in a numbingly fine detail, arguably the greatest war movie scene of them all, it is impossible Not to be caught up in this classic drama for the long haul. Yeah, no one said this about the movie Lincoln, by the way, folks. (laughs) That film wasn't good at all. Except for Daniel Day-Lewis, who's a genius. Other than that. Wasn't impressed. Next one. The visual masterwork Spielberg finds Spielberg, a is craft, weaving heart-pounding action, and gut-wrenching emotion that will leave viewers silently shaken. If words occasionally fail the picture, the images speak indelible volumes. Okay. I can't believe I agree with critics for once, which is, mark this day down. There must be a blue moon outside. Critics, one-star reviews. The result, I'm sorry to say, is that Saving Private Ryan seems almost banal in its achievement. A film that sacrifices humanity for technical wizardry. I think this douche canoe really missed the mark. How about you two?
3: Yeah, I would, I would not say it's completely banal. No.
2: No, still, but,
4: but he's, in the same, he, he's in the same category of argument as Nate. Yeah. But I think that it has more, has more redeeming quality than he does
2: more less articulate that is for sure with that reviewer it has few it has a few pretty good action moments a lot of spilled guts a few moments of drama that don't seem phony or hollow some fairly strained period ambiance and a bit of sentimental morphing that reminds me of Forrest Gump no it didn't what did they play boomer music the entire time to mask the turd that's known as Forrest Gump no they did not that's why it's different
3: no ccr Bummer.
2: Why did Spielberg make it? I have a short answer. To make money. He wants us to imagine he, we can feel the terror of being there, but that, does that make us any wiser about this or any other conflict? Probably not. What does that mean, that review? <laughs> Nothing. Back to hating critics. War may be a faceless affair, but war movies shouldn't be. What is this castle of queefs trying to say, Natalia? I ask. you. I don't
3: know. I it's I uh I need to get inside the castle of queefs uh, head. And that,
2: that <laughs> Another <night>. great band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> emo, emo. <laughs> Actually, yes, no. They're the opening queefs. for they're, they're opening yeah. for Misfits. Yeah, it's hilarious.
3: Yeah. Oh my god.
2: Amazon five star reviews. It was a good movie. Mr. <laughs> Robo strikes again. <laughs> Next one. I have never seen a movie as realistic and as wartime realistic, quote unquote, as this one. I shouldn't have been surprised when I read that Spielberg was the one who directed the movie. I will tell you, though, that there are quite a few gory parts, but it is extremely realistic, which is why I'm warning you, not like modern movies, parentheses, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, like when a grenade explodes underneath their feet. The soldiers in this movie don't go flying forward with zero obvious physical injuries. No, 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 no. They lose I copy and paste loose limbs in such a realistic way. It is nearly petrifying. Signed, Martin Scorsese. (laughs) Next one. So many boys think Call of Duty and Halo are what war is like because they play these games constantly. But when they see real people getting killed by real bullets, well, movie style anyway, parentheses, it helps bring them back to reality. Thanks, Mom. We needed that. (laughs) Amazon, one star reviews. A movie must have a believable plot. No plot, no movie, especially if a flick is that long. Except for the beginning, I couldn't pass through half of it because it was boring and surreal to me. If it was surreal, how is it boring? People are dumb <laughs> to send a group of men through enemy territory and search blindly at that for one soldier, not to rescue that soldier, but pull him off the front lines and bring him back to his mother. As if those men who were sent to find him had not mothers and brothers or their lives were of lesser value, as if there are no important military objectives and the military could write off the search party as expendables. Starring Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Bruce Willis. <laughs> Jesus. After watching, watching Band of Brothers, right? Who wouldn't? Right. After watching Band of Brothers many times, I rewatched Savior Private Ryan. It left me feeling dirty. They seem to have tried to heighten the tension, not by creating well rounded characters about whom you cared, but having the characters run around screaming, threatening mutiny, and killing for revenge or hatred. It was a disgraceful vision of an honorably fought war of Americans my cousin was with the 10th armored and he said what set Americans apart in World War II was civility and legality that was very evident in Band of Brothers and not all evident in this piece of manipulative propaganda trash
4: wow an interesting angle to come at it from
2: civility and legality I'm all pro-America like you two red-blooded Americans are but listen atom bombs are they all that civil no, no. how about revolutionary war where they used guerrilla warfare tactics to beat the british war is not pretty folks the idea is to win at all costs stop it this movie starts out with the normandy invasion it really shows what it was like to be in the assault teams trying to get ashore it was a bit too grim i'll say no more
3: okay i mean was it supposed to be mm. Fluffy and fun, and I didn't light, sound like a
4: one-star review. It sounded. No. Just-
3: I'm, can we can we critique their critiques? We sure yeah. can. Can we that do a podcast that, about that? I give yeah. that
2: review one star. <laughs> I'm with you. I saw this in the theater when it came out three times but its lack of historical accuracy and elements of silliness made it poorly aged the war violence has some grit and realism except bullets don't travel underwater but that's it it has a hateful spiteful and ultimately disrespectful agenda signed James Woods <laughs> <laughs> and now the newest segment thank you Natalia the newest segment taking this podcast by storm who's funnier chat gpt or kg ChatGPT has written six jokes this time about saving Private Ryan. Ready? Boy. Yeah. Grab those, grab those helmet kids, strap your bandoliers of ammunition up, and get ready to suck down a canteen of piss warm water. Why did Private Ryan always carry a map during battle? Because he didn't want to get misprivated and end up in the wrong place. What the fuck? Huh? I'm going to expense a slide whistle for this segment and play it during these jokes.
3: Next one. Yeah.
2: (laughs) How does Captain Miller like his coffee during war? Strong enough to wake the dead, just like the opening scene of Saving Private Ryan. (laughs)
3: <laughs> I live across so- the street from Warner Brothers and I can hear picketers. Like I go out and pick it every day. Like they are the pieces of them are dying with these jokes. This is sounds, insane.
2: sounds like chat GPT. saw Natalia Reagan set.
1: i hey. <laughs> no kidding. Mm-hmm.
2: What did the soldiers say after watching private Ryan for the first time? I guess that's one way you'll never have to worry about a crowded beach vacation. <laughs> This is like a, This is like
3: this is like someone's
2: bucket list idea. Oh my god! This is like a senior citizen's bucket list idea to do stand up comedy at an open mic. These are the kind of jokes we're getting.
3: I saw my friend's dad do stand up, and it was it was comparable. <laughs>
2: yeah. Why did the soldier invite his friend to watch Saving Private Ryan every weekend? Because he wanted to show them the bombastic special effects and explosive performances. Now they're not even trying, I think. Chat GPT. What? Yeah. No. This, oh, my God. I got, notes. I got notes for Chat GPT. Yeah. Why, did, why did the soldier in Saving Private Ryan always carry a bat, a camera into battle? He wanted to capture the action in case he became a famous war photographer or at least have some epic selfies. <laughs> all right, I'm throwing the talent. That makes right, it yeah. KG5 ChatGPT zero. Yeah. Wow. Natalia Reagan did, Yes. Did Dennis DeClaudio gut the sacred cow?
3: Oh, he did a fantastic job gutting that cow, scraping it clean, you know, letting it, bloodletting and all that good stuff, but also with dignity. I, I respect that.
2: I disagree. Yeah, I, I did it all. Yeah, I, I, yeah he lost uh, uh, thank
3: you exactly yeah.
2: <laughs> i disagree i don't think he did if someone really thought it was that overrated he would not have given it a seven but listen heard. why Fair. don't you decide i want to see on twitter we'll do a twitter poll you vote do you think dennis got that sacred cow you vote yes you vote no we'll find out you'll see but listen it was a joy having an Italia back on and dennis it was a pleasure meeting you for the first time uh, yeah had a great time this is really really fun uh thank you so much you're so kind you we'll see everybody next hilarious. time yeah uh, thanks
0: Woo-hoo.